Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Hi, welcome to The Cottage. In this episode, we continue our Emperor's New Clothes series with Joshua the High Priest in Zechariah chapter 3. Father God, we do thank you and praise you for this evening and the opportunity that we have to experience the beauty of the lily of the valley and the word that was made flesh. And we want to turn to that word and learn more about how that we can be beautiful for you when we're clothed in the right clothes. And so help us understand this series and what you're bringing us to and how we're going to understand all these wonderful things. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Tonight we're in Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. Not sure if you're familiar with this passage or not, so I thought it'd be rather intriguing for you. I know I do a lot of the Old Testament, but really, I think, you know, case in point tonight, you're going to see why this is important. I'm going to start in the third verse just to kind of shorten things up tonight. Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Joshua here is not the Joshua of Moses, but this is a later Joshua. This is the book of Zechariah, so we are in transition. They... The first temple that we've talked about many times has been destroyed. They've gone off into Babylon, into exile, and now they're coming back. And they're building the second temple, and they're trying to reestablish things, and they need their king, and they need their priest. And this actually happens to be the high priest. And his name is Joshua. You may not be familiar with him. Now, I want to remind you that the Hebrew for Joshua, if it was in the Greek, you'd pretty much get Jesus. So remember that. So we often talk about Joshua and Moses, but we don't talk about Joshua, high priest. And so this is representative of the people. The high priest in the Bible is to represent the people. On Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement in the fall, the high priest goes into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, representing all the people. Representational. Performing all those tasks on the Day of Atonement to represent all the people. And so this Joshua, this high priest in Zechariah, in his time period, is representing a people who have been in the foreign land. If you remember, I keep talking about Ezekiel in chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11, where God says, I'm leaving. And he goes and joins Ezekiel in exile, meets Ezekiel on the river Kebar in Babylon. Well, now they're coming back. And so this is representing the people who have been among foreign people, among foreign gods, in a foreign land, and wanting to come back and establish the second temple. But the problem is, 
we got a dirty priest because the people are dirty. They've been outside of God's land and they've been away and he's unclean. And there he stands before the angel of the Lord. In verse 4 it says, And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. So God has spoken. Now, they have judged him as unclean, as dirty, as unfit. And if the high priest is unfit to serve, how much more the people? But God says, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he and said unto them, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And so here we have this, this beautiful metaphor of a changing of the clothes. That his uniform is considered filthy in this vision as he stands in the divine court in heaven, representing God. Now, this is another strange thing. Okay, this is another strange thing. Now, we have taught and it's been understood by the Jews that Abraham has possibly have gone up into God's throne room. That Moses has gone up into God's throne room. Okay? That different ones have gone up into God's throne room. Okay? Different ones at different times. This is the first time we have a priest that is there. Even Jeremiah in chapter 23 talks about those prophets who have stood in God's divine counsel. We talked about that some. But this is the first time we actually have a priest standing in heaven before God and his court, being accused of being dirty. And yet God is offering this promise through the angel, the angel of the Lord, that I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And the idea is that when they came back and they built the second temple, it was not enough. As a matter of fact, they're going to have a time period where then the Greeks come in and take over for a season, and eventually the Romans. And there's this big problem because they have no king, they have no priest, they have priests, but they need king and priest, and it's a mess. Their governments is out of whack. They don't have the full government in place. And this is talking about a prophecy that coming down, God is going to, through a priest, high priest, with the name of Joshua, is going to. And remember now, we're talking about the period of the Greeks and Romans, and everybody's speaking Greek. One with the name Joshua is going to change the garments. To bring about what God wants in restoration. They had a leader named Zerubbabel. But he doesn't fit the bill. They're looking for David to come back. Someone from the line of David to come back. They're looking for the Messiah. They got all these priests. And they even have high priests that are embedded with the Romans politically later on. But this is pointing out that God is going to bring in the future... Is going to fulfill this. Verse 5. And I said. Let them stand a fair mitre upon his head. And so they set a fair mitre upon his head. And clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. There is that crowning. We just sang about casting crowns. And there's we started this series. We were in Psalm 8. About how the crown is coming. And we will all be crowned. But then we cast our crowns. 
and how in the beginning in the garden in Genesis 3, how they lost their clothes, how they became naked. Now he's got the wrong uniform on. It's dirty, it's filthy. But God is going to crown this one. And then Sunday, when we did communion, we talked about Jesus, Joshua, Jesus, and how they crowned him with the thorns, how they put the Roman clothes on, but then he was made naked on the cross. And yet God is going to then clothe him with those robes of righteousness and the garments of salvation that we can wear by virtue of being in Christ. Verses 6 and 7. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, if thou wilt keep my charge, if you will do what I have commanded you to do. It's one thing to accept God's favor and grace, receive his mercy. It's another thing, though, then, to say, but you still must walk in my ways. Disciples of Jesus have to follow Jesus. Obviously, Judas does not. Peter has some troubles. He can't quite walk on water as long as he'd like to have. And he stumbles about many times in the New Testament, even having problems with Paul at some point. But the charge here is that you must walk in my ways. You must keep my charge. It's one thing for me to give you new clothes. Hmm. Alicia puts new clothes. Now, Jubilee, bless her heart. She sometimes wants to change clothes three, four, five times a day because, you know, she got something on her clothes. She's got to have clean clothes. <laughs> she wants to change. And Alicia's like, I'm not washing all those clothes all the time. You got to wear them. But I'm not wearing dirty clothes. And Alicia's very good about keeping the clothes clean, keeping the house clean, cooking the food right. Jubilee's not interested in eating food but cooked by just by anybody. <laughs> she wants you to cook it right. Even Teresa's really picky about her eating. And so Jubilee will demand a change of clothes if she gets dirty. She has a fit because dirt don't belong on me. I want to look nice. And here we have, you can't just put on the new clothes and go get them soiled and run around like a pig in the mud. Going on, then thou shalt also judge my house. When you get it right, then you're going to judge and lead my people. And we talked about Jeremiah 23, where Jeremiah said that those prophets who are standing there in God's council, stand there and they come back with God's word and they preach God's word. And they live God's word and preach it and it causes the people to repent. And Jeremiah calls all the prophets of his day false because no one's repenting. For if you had preached my word, they would have repented. But since you refuse to preach my word and you preach this peace, peace that doesn't exist. No one's repenting and they're not getting saved. So you got to do it and then you will judge the house. And shall also keep my courts. What are the 
appoints the courts so people who are suffering injustice can come to the house of the Lord and get justice. Used to people came to the church to get help. Now they go to the government. We didn't have taxes at the beginning of this country. Temporary sometimes when it was needed, but no. But now we have taxes because we let the government do everything. People used to come to the house of the Lord to get justice. So Joshua, I'm cleaning you up and I'm setting you right and you got to walk in my ways. You got to be like Samuel, but not Samuel's sons or like Eli and his sons. You got to be like Samuel, but not the sons. You got to walk and do what's right. And then you're going to keep my courts clean. Remember, I taught you that Adam and Eve in Genesis 2.15 were put in the garden to keep it proper. And the big mistake of Genesis 3 is the snake that you keep talking about got in the garden. And they didn't kick the snake out. Instead, they got beguiled by the snake. They didn't keep. You've got to keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. He's talking about those in heaven. Going back to Psalm 8, what we taught you in Psalm 8. This is the crowning and putting them in. This is why Satan deceived Adam and Eve. Because Satan's like, I'm not going to pay attention to these humans. These pieces of dirt. That's what we're earth. Made of earth. We're earthlings. Made of earth, Genesis 2, 7. And God took the earth and breathed his breath into it. And it became Adam, humanity. That which is made in the very image of God. And Satan says, I'm not bowing down to that. But God gave them the rule. He crowned them with the glory. I will give you places to walk among these and stand by. Referring to the heavenly court. But you got to walk in my ways. You got to keep my charge. Then you got to lead my people in the same. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, just like Joshua the high priest. And Jesus, who became naked and dirty for us to represent who we are, representing as our high priest our condition, not his. All our righteousness is filthy rags. And we do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And he's saying, don't let those winds of those smaller spirits lead you astray and blow you off course. No, let the Holy Ghost be your guide. Who will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, And the judgment to come, Jesus says in John 16, beginning in verse 8. Let me lead you the right way. Don't let these other, every wind the doctor blow you here and blow you there, he says in the book of James. And take you here and take you there and take you everywhere except what we're supposed to be doing as God's people here upon the earth. We need, like Joshua the high priest, to have some laundry done. <laughs> Wash our clothes and get right. And then lead others in that right way. In Jude chapter or verse 23, 
It's only one chapter. Jude verse 23. The commandment here at the end, right before the book of Revelation. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, like my daughter, Jubilee, can't stand to be wearing something dirty. And she's probably the one who made the mess. <laughs> but still, she's like, I'm not wearing this. And oh, yes, you are. You don't want dirty clothes, don't get them dirty. Hate the garment spotted by the flesh. And save those from the fire of judgment. Pluck them out of the fire. John Wesley, the famous founder of the Methodist Church, at a young age, and I don't know how his mama did it, 19 kids. <laughs> Susanna Wesley, wow. Whew. Was caught in that fire. And someone, he was snatched out of the fire, saved. And Zach, the prophets talk about this. Amos talks about the brand plucked from the fire. Saved. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego pulled out of the fire. <laughs> but they weren't burning up. Because the judgment of King Nebuchadnezzar could not fall upon them. Or whoever was king at that time. I can't remember. In Daniel chapter 3. We are to save others with fear. Fear. Pulling them out of the fire and hating a garment that's spotted by the flesh. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in that fire, the smoke didn't touch them. Their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Their clothes didn't get dirty. They were untouched by it. And we have got to follow this example to repent of our sins as we've all fallen short of God's glory. And to cleanse ourselves and to walk in His ways. So that this world does not put a stench upon our clothes. I told you I went to the fireworks the other night. I don't know if I told you guys. I told them yesterday I went to the fireworks. Went to Alton Fireworks the other night. Monday night, I guess it was, wasn't it? Monday night I went to Alton Fireworks. And we went to the first place and such a stench. Moved, still a stench. All smoking that wacky tobacco. In public, I got my nephew with me. I'm trying to show my kids fireworks and that stupid stench. It smells terrible. I mean, tobacco was one thing. I know we're outside, but you're not supposed to do that in public. Not only are you doing it, but now I got to smoke that stuff because you're right there with me. I got to smell that stupid stench. Clings to you. I smell it the next day. I like throw these clothes into the wash. Ridiculous. It was illegal until they put a tax on it, then it was okay. But they shouldn't be able to, you want to do it in your car. I see the guy, I'm driving down the road, and I don't know how he can see. Because I see this guy, but his whole car is filled with smoke. I'm like, I was like, and he's, I'm like, he, and he's driving to work. I don't know if he's vaping or what he's doing, but it's, the whole car is full of smoke. Okay, that's one thing. That's inside your car. As long as you don't hit me or anybody else, I guess that's okay. I don't know. How are you supposed to get to work? I asked my brother, I said, if they pull you over and test you, if you have an accident, they pull you over and test you, and you would test positive for this stuff, because we were sitting there and had to smoke, uh, breathe that stuff in. Can they arrest you for D, U, or I, or whatever? 
when you didn't even smoke it, but they did. They arrest you for being a dope. I mean, it's one that you go to the tavern and drink, you get drunk, but I ain't getting drunk. I'll be in trouble because I'll be drinking Pepsi and not supposed to do that. But anyway, my grandfather, he got delivered of alcohol. It's exciting. Last 15 years of his life was wonderful. Prior to that, not so much. But he used to like to have me. I remember I got my first car and went over there and picked him up and drove him around all of his old spots. And he'd take everybody and introduce his grandson, the preacher, and says, but we're having Pepsi boys. <laughs> we go drink Pepsi. But it ain't going to happen. But this stuff clings to you. And we, we, we see the problem of that, but we have to see the problem here. We don't want to be stained by this world. God is calling us to something greater. Something more glorious, something more wonderful. Paul described a, an aroma coming out of him as an aroma to be put on fire for Jesus so that he would burn for Jesus and that aroma would be like a sacrifice of the Old Testament that, that smoke would rise up and go and pass through the heavenlies and the holy place on into the most holy place all the way up to heaven and that offering would be received by God as a sweet-smelling savor. Kind of like, you know, the barbecue we had at my brother's house last night, yesterday. Smelling that. Now that's all right. I like that smell. Smoke that stuff. That's good. You see what God has called us to? Something greater. To traffic with him. To be like Joshua was in this passage. Who is a prophecy of Jesus to come. Who, as we discussed on Sunday, took on our filth so that we could become clean. But let's not get back into the mud. Although we might get dirty somewhat. But let's not get in the mud. And maybe Jubilee's got it right. Maybe we aren't supposed to wear those dirty clothes because maybe we should repent regularly. Do we repent regularly? How often do we read God's word? How do we find ourselves repenting? Do we repent? We might tell this one sorry or that one sorry. Do we go to God and repent when we know we've offended God? Do we save it all up for whatever? The guy that went on Saturday night and was told he had to do so many this and so many that's and he did double and the priest says, wow, you're really going good. He says, yeah, I didn't want to come back next week. Just thought I'd double it up tonight so I could skip a week. No, 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 no. Let's get right with God. And let's try to keep right with God by being led by His Spirit. Because the next chapter, amazingly, in Zechariah 3, is all about this Joshua the high priest in these clothes and getting him right. But the next chapter, chapter 4, is about the coming of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Which came right after Jesus, who is sinning on high after 40 days. And then 10 days later, the Holy Ghost came at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Let us receive that. 
and let us put on the clothes of Christ. This whole metaphor is all through the Bible. We've been tracking it. And I want you to see this tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the example of Joshua, the high priest. And I pray that we would understand that we are to do as Joshua was called to do and get right with you and then help lead others to get right with you. And at the same time, we need to be leery of useless, uselessly getting our clothes dirty and coming to you like jubilee and complaining that we got dirty clothes on and you in your infinite mercy will forgive us of our sins. But the main thing is to obey is better than sacrifice. And you call us to an obedience. Not just that Jesus washes away all of our sins, but you're calling us to walk away from our sins. Help us to do that as we model this teaching tonight in our daily lives and be what you call us to be. In Jesus' my name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at DKIN. Dot cc that's d k e n dot cc we look forward to seeing you next time god bless you